And I will say we are live with uh, Matt Rhodes again on the Education Fix. Uh, welcome, Matt. Great to have you back. I know we had some wonderful conversations last time, and we're going to continue one arm. We had, there were a few a few tentacles we had on that uh, that we could go, right? Uh, we're going to continue uh, on one of the paths uh, that we, we talked about, the teacher uh, preparation programs and um, I think inequity in those and uh, some some aspects that are lacking in those. Uh, I know you have some expertise in that as well as uh, do I. Um, then we'll talk about a cool thing you're doing uh, at the end of this, uh, a project you're working with uh, um, uh, at the end of the podcast. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me. So I'll let you set it up. Uh, uh, just kind of remind viewers if they haven't watched the other podcast, remind viewers of of uh, the context of what we uh, started to talk about in that last podcast around the inequity and uh, and and really a lot of uh, gaps in the uh, school preparation program, specifically with uh, our area that we focus a lot on in that educational technology piece, right? Yeah, so I mean, when you look at a lot of different state university programs throughout the country, we see, um, there's a very lacking of ed tech within the curriculum, especially the ed tech integration with, for example, like instructional strategies, that piece where, um, you know, teachers need to understand, like we can implement a strategy like think pair share with a variety of different tools that can amplify learning. And that something I feel like it's really missing. And I think it's missing from a lot of where we're currently at with the professional development for um, integrating ed tech with uh, instructional strategies. So I think that's an area that we really need to improve. And, I, and I'm to the point, I think, in my career where I can say that in regards to where we're at with educational technology, I think for teachers now going forward into this new decade is that we have to be able to be content creators as well as you know learn new tools you know, every single year, be able to do that. And then really think about how can we use this, these research-based strategies in creative and innovative ways with the tools that we have that can make learning fun, um, practical for students and applicable to, you know, the ever-changing landscape. So I think that that is a major area that we, we need to focus on. And what we get to, if you haven't been in ed, ed tech as long as uh, Matt and myself have been in it and around it, um, and teaching teachers and administrators, um, seeing the effect it has on students, uh, what you see most of the time, a lot of the time, and honestly, even being forced into using technology now, uh, post-COVID, during COVID, uh, is, is sort of a technology light, Matt, right? And, and the teacher preparation programs I've, I've always said uh, bad leadership perpetuates bad leadership, bad teaching perpetuates bad teaching uh, because they're hiring people with sort of the same kind of mindset and skill set. They're using things or leveraging things that they're used to leveraging. So in teacher preparation programs in particular, a lot of times you get this light version of integrating technology or it's for one course among uh, a, a, a program of courses. So I'd love for you to speak to that. Like, what can we do or how can we help or advise some of these teacher preparation programs as far as like truly, because you, you're big on the strategies piece as, not, as am I, but the strategies piece, 
That's that's deep for most people, right? Yep. Most people, it's like, hey, I use a Google Doc. I'm good, <laughs> right? Um, and that's not that's just really, if it's scratching the surface at all, uh, now with technology, right? So I'd love for you to speak to that. Like, what what can we do to sort of dig in and, and make it, give it that depth for these people? Yeah, programs? I feel like, so for example, in the state of California, um, we have one to two year programs and then we have to clear our credentials through the California teacher induction program. So I feel like that through the state and the university programs, there needs to be this more of like long-term embedded coaching and mentoring of teachers using educational technology um, so that over time that they continue to get that coaching and instruction that's like embedded in everything that we do versus like we, you mentioned just that one-off class and maybe that one-off training or multiple one-off trainings that you have within a district setting. So what the research states regarding, you know, that professional learning piece that is more longstanding is, is it's gotta be that long-term coaching and mentoring. And I think just interweaving that within that, you know, process of, starting these teacher preparation programs all the way until they clear their credential and then even you know going further um having that coaching and mentoring you know staying within the fabric of uh school district culture and systems so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot and i'm thinking this through uh, as well uh how do you how do you do because because you're talking about almost a cultural shift right a mindset shift in these teacher preparation programs. So in my mind, you have to go to the top of the people, the, uh, the people who are creating these uh, teacher prep programs or leading these teacher prep programs. So how do you sort of convince them that this is necessary? And what does it actually look like in a teacher preparation program in your mind? Like, is it in every class? And is it a coaching aspect in every class? Is it uh, tools and strategies in yeah. every class? Like, how do you help someone sort of contextualize that at, the, at a leadership position so that they do put it in to their teacher preparation programs. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say going into the leadership positions, I would say what we're trying to do is really make teaching much more efficient and effective through integrating these pieces of technology into every aspect of our program not only to amplify the instructional strategies, but also to make um, the life and work of a teacher more efficient and less work um, overall, so that they have more time, less in front of a computer, but in front of a student and working with them. So that's the way I would frame it. Um, I like always think of like Roger's diffusion of innovation theory and talking about really putting forth the argumentation as we're trying to make things more efficient and effective here versus we're not trying to overload you with a bunch of new stuff. And I think what we could do within these programs is within each of the coursework pieces is that there would be integration along the way. There would be a major part of the course, um, whether that is differentiated instruction or reading instruction, there'd be a, a large, um, tech a piece to it that could be interwoven and then within the program itself and partnerships with districts is that you could have coaches come in and work with the not only the teacher candidates but also when they move into being early teachers 
that you'd have similar type of coaches or a cohort of coaches they're working with um, that those group of uh, candidates and new teachers. So um, I think that it's twofold. It needs to be integrated within the coursework. And then that coaching and mentoring piece has to be connected from the very beginning all the way towards, you know, clearing your credential and, you know, moving forward at that point. I think that that could really help in creating like longstanding practice. Yeah. And, and the coaching piece, I love the thought of the coaching piece too, because in my mind, a coach is not just the educational technology specialist. It's someone who understands. And, and I've been around educational technology specialists forever. They have to not just understand the technology, but understand how to integrate it really into every subject, every yeah. aspect of education. Um, and a lot of times they're sort of pigeonholed into, oh, they're the tech person. But the reality is it's, you really, it, it, it taught me to have a really wonderful, holistic understanding of, of education in my years that I did that. And that's what I would look for in, in those coaches uh, to almost have, have them un, be able to understand holistically what we need to do for mm -hmm. teaching and, and educating our, our students um, with the technology lens in there. Because quite honestly, if you don't have that, we're not, we're not gonna have future ready students if the teachers aren't future ready, right? Uh, and I think that's a, that would be a huge, I would, I would love to be part of that program, I know. Um, and uh, as far as the integration into the curriculum, I really think that uh, with technology in particular, it's always like, I don't have time. That's an extra thing I have to worry about. And I think that's because from the onset, it's looked at like that. It's, a, it's, a, it's an elective course in a teacher prep program, integrating technology into the curriculum. Uh, <laughs> And, and but, but right out of the gate then, it's separating it out, right? So I think if we do integrate it into the curriculum throughout a program, it'll, it'll almost change the mindset. Uh, and you know, maybe you still do have a, a specific course here or there uh, that discusses how to really, the strategies around educational technology and implementing education. But if you embed it throughout, I think that's where you start getting these a uh, deeper understanding of how really truly how to integrate technology into into teaching, instruction, all that. Yeah, I know it'd be a complete attitude change if you have it throughout because it wouldn't be something as a barrier. It would be something as we're going to be doing this throughout, and we're going to you know learn throughout the program and onwards into your career that this is something that's going to make your job not only easier but you're going to amplify learning for. Uh, your students. And I, I think that that's, you know, it has to be the future because we're not going to go, I don't think, too backwards after there's a more sense of normalcy in, you know, post-COVID um, when everything's under control. I mean, there'll be a little bit of pushback, but I do think that um, the, the foot has been pushed on the accelerator mm -hmm. and it's, it's um, you know, and also just thinking of that we have a hundred thousand teacher shortage in the United States where we need to, you know, get teachers into the field. And I think that we got to prepare them for what's to come because it's, I think that it's only going to get more difficult if we do not change um, our programs for future teachers so that they can have fulfilling and long careers versus, you know, burning out and not having the skills to adapt and change to the changing landscape. 
And the virtual, uh, the virtual environment is interesting too, because teachers are now having to learn from scratch, basically how to teach in the virtual space. And in my mind, if you can sort of hone your practice, your skills, your teaching uh, to adapt to the online space, anything you do there, because you've got to be really specific. You have to be really um, mindful of how you set things up in the online yeah. environment, making sure the kids are on task, making sure that the students are engaged. It's more challenging to do so. It's not impossible, but it's more challenging. So if teachers understand that from the get-go, uh, they can apply that into the classroom, right? This is not something that won't work or won't help. Uh, at, if, they take, if they take and learn those skills, they can, it'll help them. It'll enhance what they do in the classroom. And I'd love for teachers to understand that aspect of it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a more granular, meticulous process, uh, a granular, meticulous process to get this stuff going in, in online space. If you learn how to do that, you, it'll help you in your teaching methodologies and strategies. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more front-loading your class. You're building everything at first. And then once you have that groundwork and framework ready to go, then, you know, it's you don't have to build too much after the fact. Like, you have the systems in place, your routines in place. You have the tools that you want to use. And then from that point on, you're, you know, you shouldn't be changing too much throughout the course of a semester, maybe adding one tool or couple strategies here and there but I mean once everything's been pre-built you don't want to change um you know too much um so that you don't have to <laughs> reinvent the wheels you're going um because that that creates a lot of extra work but I think going with the mind that mindset that you build everything a lot beforehand and then think less is more in terms of like the tools you use in your routines and then I think that it's uh can be quite an effective environment. And I think it's something that can be managed pretty easily. So I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on, so we talked a little bit about, so that macro 30,000 foot view uh, in each of the courses, I'll tell you what I do and I wanna hear your sure. response to that. So for me, it's all about sort of practice what you preach and actually use and, and teach the tools as if the teachers were the students yep. um, that they are teaching, right? So that you're almost modeling it as you're using it uh, in these courses. And, and you know, the assessment comes through the technology, like the, uh, the learning comes through the technology, but also you're able to step out of that too. It doesn't always have to be yep. about the technology. It should be fluid in, all right, write this down um, on a piece of paper and then come back to the technology piece. So what are your thoughts as far as that micro level of what it could look like in these teacher preparation programs, course to course. Like, what would you, would it be similar to what I'm talking about? Would it be tweaked different in any way? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. As a yeah, I think that, I, I think that you have a really good idea. It's that it's, it's integrated in bits and pieces throughout the entire program. Uh, for example, say we're looking at a, a reading specialist type class and they're learning uh, like, for example, the close reading strategy, they then are taught that, okay, we can do the close reading strategy with a variety of different tools. So let's, for example, look at a tool like Pear Deck, Nearpod, and do close reading on that. Let's, they learn the strategy, and then they, for example, let's facilitate that on these interactive slides so that your students can work on them, you know, collaboratively, or, for example, 
so that you can provide them real-time feedback on these interactive slides while they're close reading, looking at their annotations, or it could be a simple Google Doc could be another tool that you could focus the close reading strategy on. But that's something that I think that at the micro level, just when you're thinking about just like one type of strategy within one sort of class is that you would show them how to do the strategy, maybe without the technology, and then you'd show them the strategy with the technology, and then you'd expect the students to know how to do both and create, you know, within their lessons for the classes and as well as with their student teaching, that they are able to exemplify that with their students. Excellent. Perfect. So uh, we just got a couple minutes left. I, I know you you did a recently your part, of, and I think you're doing this monthly, you said? You're part of a Yeah, we're, we're doing a, a series with uh, School Rubric and uh, Schools Without Borders. It's uh, an author's panel. It's uh, It's been pretty fun where we go and talk about um, our writing process of writing and publishing a book. And it's uh, all published authors, all different types of works within the educational world. Um, our first one was kind of like a general, generalized panel, just talking about the process of writing a book and kind of inspiring educators to write a book. And now our next panel is going to be on the research and outlining component of the book writing process. So we're gonna go through a variety of different strategies that we like to use. Um, different people are gonna do say different things. And the purpose of it is really to help uh, writers begin that thought process of, hey, like I know where to go to research a book. And I know like, what are some really good strategies to begin outlining a book, making an effective outline so that um, when they get to that point, they can, you know, do a good job and feel confident in themselves. And um, ultimately our hope is that with this, this panel and a series of panels is to inspire writers within the educational world and, you know, help them along with that writing process. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, get to talk to a lot of different authors, hear their perspectives and, you know, amplify our voices and hopefully make an impact. That's wonderful. I mean, I think similar to a doctorate, similar to integrating technology, uh, a lot of people think it's a, a huge gap to get to a certain place, but if you really contextualize it, give people that kind of lens to see that it's possible, like you're talking about outlining a book first so that you make sure that it's really what you want and you it becomes what you want, that outline is key. Uh, I think that doing something like this empowers people or hopefully empowers people to say, it's, I can write a book. It's work, but I can write a book. Uh, if you take it down to the steps necessary uh, on on a simple, understandable level, I think yeah. I think you'll get a lot more people to give it a try and and get some probably really great creative works out of it. Uh, even if you affect one or two authors, right, or would be authors, that's that's pretty great. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think just uh, some people feel like they, you know, it's, it's just so much that they don't want to try, but they have so good ideas that that they need to talk about. And, you know, our hope is that we can get those people to, and uh, educators to really want to do that and uh, create something that will impact the field. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Matt, as always. Love to have you on again, if you, whenever you're, you're willing and able to sign <laughs> Definitely. up. Definitely. Love to have you on again. Uh, and uh, we might have to do a spinoff on EdTech uh, podcast at some point right uh yeah that'd be uh, fun a lot, a lot of really great things to talk about in, in the ed tech space uh a few colleagues i am sure i can get on and, and be interested in that topic as well so 
Thank you so much uh, for your time as always. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Up.